the heck are you waiting for? Hello and welcome to the Seems Legit Podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell like it is, poker playing guitarist, the dude himself, the dude Sunny D. Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast, and a big thank you for the continued and growing support here on the Seems Legit Podcast. Also, if you aren't doing so already, please follow me on both Instagram and Twitter at the dude Sunny D. All right, let's get into it. I'm just wondering what the heck are the Toronto Maple Leafs waiting for? They have yet to sign restricted free agent forward Mitch Marner. Uh, Mitch Marner, as we know, was the team leader, or if we don't know, was the uh, leading point getter on the Toronto Maple Leafs last year. Granted, it was an injury-shortened season for none other than Austin Matthews, but Austin Matthews' deal got done last year, uh, where I think he's getting ten and a half or eleven and a half million a year. He's getting big, 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 big money uh, from Toronto. Plus, we know the John Tavares deal uh, right there. That was again another big one as well. So. When you look at it from that standpoint, um, Mitch Marner's going to want his. Uh, now, the Leafs did clear some room with uh, trading Nazem Kadri. They did sign uh, Janssen, I think it is, and uh, Kapanen as well. So they're keeping a lot of their young core together. As we know, Willie Nylander got the $6.9 million uh, deal, which, by the way, he is changing his number this year from 29 to 88 uh, apparently what happened was he, well, as we all know, uh, the disaster that was last season, but, uh, what ended up being his decision was, I guess, uh, he wore 88 at the world championships last year. And from what I remember was actually a pretty dominant player at the world championship, was just trying to find his groove again. So, uh, with that being said, he was wearing 88. So I guess maybe it's a fresh start. That's kind of the thought going around the league right now is that, or around, uh, gossip is that maybe it's. Uh, to do with that with that being said I mean it is what it is let him switch it from 29 to 88 if he needs a fresh start I think after last year and how disastrous it was for him last year I can't say I blame him at all for uh, wanting to change numbers and uh, I hope William Nylander does have a bounce back year at this season Uh, I was talking uh, about this with a buddy of mine just the other day we were saying you know and even I remembered when I played hockey that idea, and, they, and, they, and they've talked about it on a lot of different sports networks, and, and players talk about it, being in game shape. And it's true, especially in those in a lot of these kind of team sports or these high-go sports. I don't know why I said high-go, but uh, uh, <laughs> high-energy sports, I guess, or physical, whatever it is, any kind of competitive sport, there's a difference between practice shape and... Um, not just practice shape, but practice shape and game shape. You kind of, you can be in great kind of condition, great physical condition, cardio, strength, all of that. But there's something to be said for game shape. And whenever it comes to these, kind, when you get more and more competitive and higher level in any sport, you kind of quickly discover that there is something there for your timing, your pacing. More so that's what it is. And training and practice is more so kind of meant to gear you up. I mean, to be able to get into proper game shape. You can't get into game shape if you're in shitty shape. So you have to get into shape to be able to get in and perform your best and best make your kind of game shape. And everybody's game shape is different, right? So that's why you see the different minutes um, that some players are playing versus others. Uh, And and it is what it is. So you need to get in the game shape. And it's funny because I was talking uh, with this buddy of mine, Nick, who I've mentioned before on the podcast 
that the idea of even right now with kind of where I'm at in my own personal fitness goals, as I said, I'm try as I'm really focusing on getting into the shape I need to be in to really push that true get into shape that that last train you do or you know kind of training period in my opinion to get yourself back into shape and again I don't mean this for everybody and my frame of reference is just like when I look at all those years of playing high level sports what I would do and kind of how I would regulate my training and how I got the most out of myself back then and I'm like, if I can push that training even farther now, especially now that I'm in my 30s, um, it, it really does feel good. It does feel rewarding to know you are able to do that. And I think as we get older, we're a little more in tune, a little smarter about these things. And I mean, that's why you see a lot of these, you know, actors and celebrities, they really get into their true peak shapes um, now kind of starting in their late 20s for some of them, but mostly in their late 20s, early 30s is when you really see that push to take their kind of physical conditioning to that next level. I mean, you look at someone like The Rock, um, who's kind of gotten there in his 40s, and you hear a lot of stories about that. I've had Mitch Calvert uh, from Mitch Calvert Fitness on uh, the podcast before, and he's even said with himself, right? Now, he spent the, mo the early portion of his life as being quite overweight, um, very unathletic, um, just out of shape, horrible, and felt bad about himself. And his story was how he decided he wanted to change that. And put in the time, put in the effort, and now he's a fitness coach. He's in great shape. And he talks about how, and I think he's like 34 now. At 34, he feels better than he did even at 30, right? And we're in his mid-20s. So it's that kind of continuation. I think it's because we've become smarter and more aware of things. I think, you know, because we've exposed our brain to studying more, you kind of learn the importance the more you study in life of seeking information, of processing information. Jess and I have talked about that, right? Um, that advantage, the true advantages I've talked about here on the podcast, the true advantages or hidden advantages of, um, pursuing higher education is it kind of forces you to do that. You seek more information, you seek better, more accurate information. And I found myself too, as I get older, that's been the case. So I think now understanding my body better, having those, those younger years as a frame of reference of what I was able to do and what I kind of am using as targets um, now works more into my favor. And especially as we kind of see what, you know, uh, I want to do, I'll do an episode talking about this, uh, probably in the upcoming episodes, but that always, when you look back, you always kind of, in a way, I think for most of us, at least I can speak for myself and truly admit it is that always that what could have been. And sometimes the biggest, what could have been, we know is ourselves and we're quick to point at others. But the biggest one is often ourselves. So when you look at your what could have been your fitness level, imagine if you knew what you know now, then what you could really do and push out of your body. So I'm trying to do that a little bit. But nonetheless, it's again, I want to be in what I consider like peak kind of game shape being whether it be life or whatever it is I'm doing and trying to get back there. So, and I mean, as you get older, that becomes a mental thing, a physical thing. And it's no different than sports, no different than uh, William Nylander there. So that was a, a bit of an extended tangent, but I'm bringing it all back around to what I'm talking about here with William Nylander. I mean, it wasn't like he wasn't training. That was the thing. There was footage coming out of him training in Sweden. He was playing, you know, he was practicing a lot, all of that. It's just that getting in that game shape, that timing that you don't have with your line mates and everybody's moved on without you. Like that's the other problem. Uh, especially in the position he plays, uh, everybody had moved on. 
You know, the game still goes on, and that's in life. The game fucking moves on. And it's your job to get fuck with the program. If you can't do that, that's on you. Right? You need to put yourself in positions to succeed. So, Nylander there... I mean, everybody was very forgiving. I mean, the organization seems to be about how it was an off year. I don't know how you pay someone $6.9 million for an off year, but fuck, Willie Nylander did good for himself there. But nonetheless, you had that drawn out. Now you have to wonder what the heck is going on with Mitch Marner. Um, now, with the restricted free agent thing, there's that idea of the offer sheet. And I think what you do is you lose four draft picks if you take someone else's player by offer sheet. But also the idea of offer sheet is it puts pressure on the other organization and the player. If you have the cap space and availability to offer these big deals to these younger players, it does put a situation um, of pressure on the retaining organization. In this case with Toronto, a lot of um, people in, in sports and in hockey on various networks have been talking about this exact idea of the pressure puts and maybe an offer sheet isn't the worst thing in the world to try and solve the Mitch Marner problem. In turn, what it does is it forces the Leafs hand. They kind of know, okay, this is the floor. This is what we need to offer him. We need to match this. Or do they say, okay, at least we get the draft picks now and see you later, Mitch Marner. I think it makes their decision for them. I don't know what the sticking point is right now. I've heard many possible strategies um, that can be used, even including, again, maybe Marner's the one that takes the bridge deal at slightly less now to look for the monster payday in four years, five years. I don't know. Uh, could be. It depends where the Leafs are at. Uh, but, I mean, he's going to want his fair share. It's hard not to, right? And at the end of the day, as I say, there's the business aspect of the team, and then there's the player aspect. And from a player aspect, you kind of got to do you. And I think, you know, that, that could be the sticking point. He might want term. He might want more money. I don't know what it is. But uh, the Leafs have to kind of find a way to get this done. They can't afford to have Marner be sitting out part of the season. And I, I'm not sure how this deadline of December 1st works. I have to look more into that. But if players are operating by that, or Friedens are operating that, hey, you know what? The true deadline is December 1st. I think that's... The last time you can sign and come back, maybe that season, I'm not sure. Or if you by December 1st, it's you're done for the year. Um, Mitch Marner can't afford to take a year off unless he's getting the monster payday. Um, but B, I'm shocked a lot more teams haven't. I mean, Toronto got, I mean, Montreal rather got bit with their offering of the offer sheet on Sebastian Ajo. Um, but I talked about this in the last episode. I mean, Aho even came out and said he truly wanted to get it done with Carolina. So even though this is the way it had to happen, at least it got a deal done that he wanted. So from that perspective, I kind of get where he's coming from. Uh, it sucks for Montreal as an organization, as a Canadian, love Montreal, but it is what it is. And seeing as how much, I mean, Carey Price is just like the most likable person in hockey. Um especially the way he's done stepping up for that uh, for that young man who lost his mom. It's amazing what he's done there. And apparently that's just a small example of just how nice and generous a human being he is. So I would like Montreal to see uh, to be able to get some talent, reacquire some talent, and go back in a forward motion there, in a forward direction. It's uh, been kind of tough to watch the last couple of years, especially for guys like as Carey Price. Uh, I know I can't relate at the NHL level, but I knew um, playing hockey when I was younger, especially as a goalie, it is tough sometimes. 
when you know not only are your your team's only chance at success but the team itself isn't even putting you in chances where you can really use that right and as i've said in poker and success overall there's two things the formula is very very easy you have to put yourself in positions to succeed and when in that's uh, those positions play to succeed or work to succeed whatever term you want to use that's what you got to do. That's the formula. And I think Montreal, sadly for Carey, hasn't done the best job. But who knows? Maybe they take a shot at uh, Marner. That would be a big blow to Toronto if uh, Montreal got him. But again, Toronto has to do it because, again, there are these, these windows of opportunity. And the cap didn't go up as much as they thought it would this year. I think that was a, that might be a stumbling block as well. A lot of GMs were projecting this uh, cap would be higher than it actually was. Uh, they placed it at. Regardless, you got to deal with these things. Plus, remember, teams are retooling. Whenever there's a big free agent, pardon me, year, and this year was a fairly big free agent year um, with Panarin, um, Duchesne, uh, Bobrovsky, you did have some big names that were available. Joe Pavelski, uh, Corey Perry made himself available, was um, eventually available uh, through buyout. So, I mean, these are some big name free agents that were available. And I mean, other teams having to get rid of players. So there was op uh, there's a lot of teams that have retooled either to stay relevant, take that next step, and you have to keep track of that. As I said, there's there are some teams that are that are just well built. They play well together, and their window is still kind of ongoing. A great team like that, I think the Washington Capitals. I think they're still kind of one of the top teams in the league and to be measured by. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, the same thing there. Um, <clears throat> Winnipeg, my beloved Winnipeg Jets, is a great example of a team that took a big step back, in my opinion. Um, Vegas. I think it was a bit of a weird year having the injury issues that they had throughout the season with their top players. But I think given a full season this year, I think you're going to see them right back in the Western Final or Stanley Cup Final. I think they really are going to be the team to beat. And especially when you look at roads to victory, I think the Vegas road to victory is one of the most favorable, if not the most favorable in the Western Conference. So, um, I mean, with that being said, again, it's how they tool up to do what they need to do. And Vegas took huge steps forward uh, last season, and I mean ongoing. <clears throat> There's also that idea, right, of players are going to sign those extensions in certain markets, right? Because they want to live there. They want to play there. Vegas is a desirable place to live and play. Of course, Mark Stone's going to sign for eight years there. You know, so people have to remember that. And there is that discount or premium, right? There's the true value plus or minus the player value. And make, I mean the player value versus location value versus team value, right? There's that team premium or and or discount that every um, team gets. And I mean, maybe for Mitch Marner, it's different in hockey versus the other sports, but maybe for Mitch Marner, yeah, he's got to do himself here and got to be like, hey, fuck, got to look out for me. So I don't know what's going on there, but I, I strongly encourage the Leafs to figure that out right away. Um, again, with certain teams, Anaheim, I don't know what's going on there, but I think that could be middle of a rebuild. And they've got to make a decision. Are you going to rebuild around Getzlaff? You know, is Getzlaff maybe wanting to take shot, you know, some time out of the spotlight? Maybe be that, you know, second, third line guy. I mean, you put a guy like Getzlaff on the Jets. Now you're right back where you need to be, if not taking that step forward. You know, two steps back, three forward kind of thing. And, I mean... 
he, uh, you know, that, that's what you gotta look at. Or maybe they're building from the net out. Again, I can't say I'd blame them. It's hard to let go of a guy like John Gibson. Again, if you're John Gibson, are you sticking around if Anaheim's gonna continue playing like shit? So, we'll see. You've got, uh, well, St. Louis lost Pavelski, but you got LA. That's another interesting one. Um, LA has had a big drop uh, in terms of consistency, in terms of winning, uh, in terms of where they fall in the whole Western Conference picture there. And they've got some, again, big name talents that are signed out of long term deals. Andre Kopitar is a well taken care of man now. You know, Drew Doughty is a well fucking taken care of man. You know, where does somebody like Jonathan Quick, though, fall? Right? You know, those are the kind of things, you know, maybe, again, if they're in the middle of a rebuild, a guy like Jonathan Quick's available. If you're Edmonton, fucking A, snatch him up. That is a huge upgrade on whoever you have in net right now, who I think is Mike Smith, actually. I think they acquired Mike Smith um, from Calgary, and Calgary uh, uh, acquired Cam Talbot, I think, I guess, via Philadelphia when it was all said and done, but... Nonetheless, <clears throat> Jonathan Quick is an upgrade on Mike Smith every day of the fucking week. So, I mean, teams have to look at that, and Toronto has to be thinking their window. I mean, you have a team like Boston so fucking close, and Boston always seems to be that step ahead of them. You've got to make those moves now. Windows and opportunities are, uh, are closing every fucking day for teams. Look at Pittsburgh. They might be in the possible retooling right now. You know, over, uh, see if uh, Crosby and Malkin have one last good push of a couple of years of dominance there or of relevance. We'll see. You know, I don't know if the... I mean, I think Crosby wants to do the whole lifelong Penguin thing. I could see Malkin having no problem moving. I mean, you put Malkin on just about any team, he's still the number one centerman. Easily. So... I mean, again, but are they willing to part ways? If I were Winnipeg, I'd be making some calls. I, I can guarantee you that. I'd be making some fucking calls. Absolutely. So, again, we'll see. And, it, and I mean, again, trading of certain players is the way of throwing in the towel. So, I don't know. I just think Toronto's in a weird position now where there's been all kinds of talk at the end of their season. Mike Babcock potentially leaving or getting the or you know getting fired again there's been talk about whether his relationship with dubas is good whether his relationship with shanahan is good you know whatever it is you know how i mean just because you're a great winner doesn't mean that everybody's enjoyed working with you they talk about how some there were a lot of big name players that had issues uh with him as a coach so we'll see i don't know again who i think the code uh with uh john quenville being hired by florida that put that, that boy did that wipe some sweat from uh mike babcock's forehead i mean with uh coach q still on the sidelines he was kind of this cloud looming over the maple leafs and the jets however <clears throat> at the end of the day uh i think both of those coaches know it's it's pressure time here palmer has to get some results i think what was it um the hockey news or sports illustrated saying you know your 2019 or 2020 stanley cup champion winnipeg jets problem is people are, other teams are paying attention they're just as hungry for the cup so winnipeg again i think maurice is under a lot of pressure there uh to get uh, to get it done 
uh, especially after it was kind of a blown season last year. It really, the Western Conference could have been theirs for the taking. Uh, there were periods there where it looked like it. Really did. Um, kind of coming into the new year there, it looked really, really good. But again, uh, St. Louis is the hottest team and the best team. Uh, with that being said, same thing with Toronto. Um, what is it? Mike Babcock hasn't won a play uh, a playoff series in something like ten years. I think it's getting up there now. I think he won the one last one with uh, Detroit. That was it. But even then, he was getting uh, Detroit in the playoffs, and they were losing. I think it was against Columbus. I think he won a playoff series as Col- uh, when Detroit beat Columbus. So. I mean, these are all things to remember. Babcock's got a lot of pressure on himself to win as well. It's one thing to keep making the playoffs and being there to develop the best, but it's not like they've been giving him shitty talent to develop. It's like, this is like, we're basically giving you the best raw talent you've ever fucking had to work with. Like, the best. At their best fucking years. Get this fucking done. You know, so, I mean, this was kind of that time when it would have been kind of retrospectively the time in guys like Taves, um, Kane, uh, uh, Keith, Seabrook, all of their careers where they were taking those next steps. I mean, Hosa would have been kind of the more veteran player on the team, but this is when all of them were stepping into their roles here and getting the job done. You know, going on as a group to win three cups. This is kind of when it has to happen. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens here with some coaching shuffling maybe throughout the season. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But, again, Toronto, what the heck are you waiting for? Get a deal done with Mitch Marner. You got to move on from this. This can't be a cloud hanging over that team. Uh, Otherwise, it does put everybody in a very weird spot. And then you have to ask, like, at what point does Toronto want to take their shit seriously? Because... When you think about it, you're having two your two highest profile free agency free, free agents in back-to-back years having long drawn-out contract talks. I mean, we saw how this happened in Winnipeg with Jacob Truba. Out the door he went. You know, and now I mean Winnipeg's taken some steps back on their uh, on the defense. And I mean, they've got their own goaltending issues to figure out. Toronto's no different. Freddie Anderson goes down, I don't know who the heck takes over. They probably have, in my opinion, maybe... I mean, Michael Hutchinson's a good backup. But, I mean, you had Curtis McElhaney and Calvin Pickard both there. You picked Sparks over both of those guys. Let them both go. And then Garrett Sparks has this weird almost collapse at the end of the season and says, yeah, I need to take time to work on me. I need to do this you know i'll be ready oh no i think the comment was i'll be ready for next season and i said you can't fucking do that you cannot come out and say that that's the kind of shit that has you on the fucking bench i'll be ready for next season holy shit you're giving up already you're giving up on this season i mean i've been there in two where you're like fuck this game you know, and, and it's one thing to put a game, but a rest of the fucking season, especially on a playoff team. Holy shit. And this was your opportunity to shine. I mean, that did not look good. So, I mean, Toronto's got some issues getting that they got to kind of get to the bottom of here and fix. Uh, otherwise, again, another first round exit. Now, that being said, 
The playoff format in the NHL could use some tweaking as well. I think this in this stressing of the divisional matchups. I mean, these teams are seeing each other almost way too much now in a season. I you know, I'd like to see the divisional crossovers. You know, two versus three and two versus three on the opposite uh, divisions. That would be cool. I think that would add a new dynamic to it. But again, who knows? Um, otherwise, you're going to see a lot of these things. And I guess they're trying to heat up the rivalries. Maybe there's been research that they've done that's shown merchandise sells more. If there's more rivalries, I don't know. Because it brings out the passion of the fans. I don't know. That could be the case as well. But I think the playoff format needs some tweaking. Um, and I mean, if you're Toronto, yeah, you're fucking hoping for some tweaking because you're hoping anything at this point to maybe give you guys a fresh chance. To, you know, I don't envy these teams. I don't envy the GMs on any of these teams. I'm probably losing hairs just doing this episode. But, I mean, Toronto's got to get it done, in my opinion. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I have no idea... I uh, you know no contact with the teams but purely from my perspective here I think there comes a time when you have to make that decision that the free agents need to get signed down and everybody comes to you know buckle up and and get in there and and go into this last month as I said uh, as I was telling Nick I'm doing July to get me ready to make that August push right as if I was going to training camp in September and ready to be like, yeah, I'm making top line this year. That's happening. Or I'm the number one goalie this year. That's happening. You know, and even as I transitioned later, kind of in my competitive hockey years from goalie to forward, it was a weird transition because most people don't do that. Um, <clears throat> I mean, most people either, you know, in either direction, especially expect to do it at a competitive level. And, I mean, it was, it was again, that same thing. You got to push everything, you got to, everything you've learned, all the skills you have, you know, you're going to be so far behind. It is what it is, right? But you can use what you have and, and that work you've put in that knowledge you've gained to your advantage. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I just, I, I, I don't know where at a certain point the teams draw the line on saying, hey, we need to make sure these guys are locked up and are ready to fucking go. Because not only do you need them locked up, you need them ready to fucking go. And they need to be getting ready to get in that shape to go. Like, that's the big thing. They need to be getting in shape. And hopefully they are. I'm not saying they're sitting around eating cronuts every day. Um, but, and I love cronuts. I mean, I almost, I've almost thought of adding another hour to the treadmill every day just to get to be able to eat a cronut a day like that's a problem uh, that that means you really love something too much but i mean eventually you'd get sick of them but nonetheless i do love my cronuts uh but yeah you know get them into that get them motivated and inspired there and especially if they are kind of doing a bridgey kind of deal or even a big money deal but knowing that there's even bigger money down the, the uh road for them kyle connor's a great example there he's gonna want a hefty paycheck um, he's probably looking at the William Nylander deal and thinking somewhere along there works for me, you know, and then at that point, get him locked in. He's probably thinking, yeah, I could, if I fucking have a blowout year this year and really have my coming out this year, I could get in there and I could be in that discussion for 12 million a season. I could literally go from six and a half to 12 and a half or whatever the maximum amount is going to be back in, when that comes up. So... Again, these are things that teams have to consider, that players have to consider, um, agents working for them. 
Um, and even knowing, I think the teams all know what teams have agents that are going to be working together. Um, the famous one was uh, Bobrovsky, Panarin, and Semyon Varlamov all had the same agent. And there was talk when Varlamo- when uh, Panarin and Bobrovsky had got the same agent last season that a big part of that was they were going to be a package deal. And especially when it came to Florida, I really thought, holy shit, they're going to go there, especially with Quenville. I think Panarin has played under Quenville before, and they had a lot of success there. I think that was how Panarin kind of established himself as the star that he is. Um, Because he played, I think, with uh, Patrick Kane. And, I mean, I thought, yeah, this is destined. They're going to go there. Um, But, you know, that power that the agents have, you know, I can bring you the package of boom and boom. You know, I can go with this person and that person. You know, or I know this one wants to go here, so I know he's out of fucking play. I don't know how the negotiations work, but, I mean, there's got to be huge power in being the agent that has the tie to multiple um, desired players. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, nonetheless... Uh, I think that's enough hockey talk for now. Uh, as I said, though, it's, it's getting interesting. We're almost at that time of year. Almost there uh, for um, hockey to start being the focus again. Uh, it's an interesting time of year in terms of sports, too. From I know even from my perspective, it's kind of all the big sports and big things that I'm a big fan of are kind of done now for a little while. Uh, all the big tennis is done now until September. Um hockey's long done long done uh wsop is done um any soccer event so world cup or whatever it might be that's done so it's it's a kind of a lull for me personally in sports i'm not as big a fan of baseball i find baseball is kind of just a long game to to sit there and and watch and i mean all the analytics being done on it now it's just it's taking a lot of fun out of it for me so as of right now i mean maybe golf there's the british open but uh, we are about a good month away now from all of a sudden, yeah, players reporting this, players reporting that. You're going to see a lot more coverage on the coming seasons. Um, plus, uh, preseason NFL starts um, next month. So all of that's things to look forward to. In the meantime, purely just anything, any interesting hockey things we'll talk about here. But uh, I do thank you again, once again, for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit podcast. Uh, and again, for the continuing growing support uh, on the Seems Legit podcast, I thank you all for subscribing um, and and bring and letting your friends know about the podcast. Being like, hey, you know what? Check out the Seems Legit podcast. I really do appreciate that. So thank you all so much. Uh, big shout out to our friends of the podcast. We got the Vegas Squares podcast, uh, sports talk by sports fans for sports fans. Uh, we've got uh, Zero Gravity Games on Fayetteville, Georgia. Uh, please visit them for any used, rare, and vintage gaming needs you might have. Just stop in the shop. Say hi to Ronnie Mack or Justin from the Dude Sunny D. We've got uh, B-Boys Honey located here in Winnipeg and across Manitoba in a variety of stores. Locally sourced, locally made honey. Great product. I myself love the cinnamon honeys. Check it out. Uh, we've got Skin Dimensions Tattoo and Piercing here in Winnipeg as well. Please visit them for any tattooing, piercing needs you might have. As I've said, Majority of my work has been done by them, so I can, you know, I am a walking almost billboard for their pro- for their services. And last but not least, we got Selfix Doctors located at six 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 Saint James Street. Please visit 
Please visit them for any cell phone, tablet, and screen repair needs you might have. Mention the Seems Legit podcast and receive 10% off. Big shout out to all of you again for listening, subscribing, um, and continuing to pass on the message of the Seems Legit podcast. Really appreciate it. Uh, much love to all of you. If you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much. Uh, oh yeah, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sunny D. Anyway, thank you. Take care and bye bye for now.